effective and so we can do what God has called us to do. Amen? Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles up to the book of James. Amen? In uh, chapter 5, and we're going to look at the power of prayer tonight. Amen? And uh, because I believe that, you know what, that there's a, there's, a, there's a presence and a power of God that is beginning to move within our church. And it's just beginning. It's just beginning. And I really believe that God wants to expand our horizon. God wants to expand our mentalities. And, and God wants to do something great in the, in the rest of this year. Can somebody say amen? Do you believe that? Amen. James chapter 5, and we're going to read uh, one verse, not even the whole verse, but just half the verse, and it's in verse 16, uh, part B, and this is how it reads. It says that the power of prayer, I mean the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Let me read it again. The power, the, I mean the prayer, I'm reading the wrong verse, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would just continue, my God, to raise up men and women of God that possess the power from on high and that they are effective, my God, in everything that they do, Lord God, that they would become specialists, that they would become, my God, those people, Lord God, that are doing great things, my God, not only within their life, but within their ministry and whatever you call them to do. Father, we give you the, the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, how many of you know that you know, we know that prayer uh, is powerful, amen? But it is said that all, often, most of the times, that most Christians don't pray. And, the, and that many Christians pray very little. But I really believe that God is doing something here in, in the heart. That God, we can see it, man. People are coming early. People are getting a hold of God. And through that, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing, you know, what our church is growing. New people are coming. Things are beginning to happen. And how many know it's going to take more of us uh, plugging into the presence of God to sustain what God wants to do throughout the year? Can somebody say amen? Now, I was thinking about how when I was young, you know, when my, I remember when my mom used to wash clothes, they didn't go into the dryer. They went on a string in the backyard. Matter of fact, I remember in Dakota, all the, all the houses – they had these, you know, these little, these tees, and they had a, you know, had a ropes going back and forth. And they, they, they used to wash clothes and dry them in the backyard all the time. And, and mothers, may we talk about diapers? I know when I was young, they didn't have pampers. Huh? They didn't have those other kind of diapers. I remember changing my youngest sister's diaper back in the day. And we, they used cloths, right? And then, they, you know, you had to... Put in the toilet, and then you wash them, and you you know, wring them out. Come on, somebody. But because of ingenuity, and because of you know, uh, development and new things that you know we're able to do more, we're able to make things more simpler, and be able to you know, uh, get things done more effective and more quick. Amen. It's just like you know, if you're going to cut a piece of wood, you're going to cut a piece of metal. You know, with uh, with a with a handsaw, it takes it takes, you know, strength. It takes, you know, unless you got Greg's hand, that big claw that Greg's got, amen, you might do pretty good. But if you have a power tool, well, you can get something done. 
You can cut angles that you can't cut with your hands. You can do things that you can't do, you know, uh, you know, w- w- with the flesh. Amen. But see, without, see, you know, we have power tools and we have the flesh. We have strength. We have might. Amen. And because of power tools, we're able to get things done. We're able to build skyscrapers. We're able to build, they're building all kinds of things today. Back in the old days, man, it was done, you know. Uh, matter of fact, in some countries, they still do it old school. They get it done, but it takes longer and it takes more, you know, more might. It takes more of your own strength. And I believe that many times is that, you know, we're walking around in our own strength. We're trying to fight a heavenly battle in our own strength. We're trying to get things done in our own mentality. We're trying to work things out, you know, by our own thinking. And we're not plugging in, you know, what to the power, what God wants us to do because we're not getting a hold of God. I know it's not happening here in the heart, but I know it, it happens. Amen? See, I believe that God wants to turn his people and his church into people that have a presence and a power within their life that is effective. Amen? Because I don't know about you, but I've, I go through, I've been through periods within my life where, you know what, where I, I know I'm ineffective. I know, you know what, and, and I'll be the first to tell you, that I, you know, that, that sometimes it's because I know it's a lack of prayer. Huh? It's a lack of prayer. Huh? Yeah. See, in this letter, this letter was written by James. Amen? Jesus' brother. He knew a little bit about prayer because he hung around with his brother. How many of you had a brother? Right? You had to hang around with your brother. And I'm sure that James was with his brother by the name, his name was Jesus of Nazareth, who knew a little bit about prayer. And I'm sure it rubbed off on James, amen. As a matter of fact, I, I, wrote in some com- I read in some commentaries that it is said that James was often in the habit of entering the temple alone and was often found on bended knees, interceding for the people. And he prayed so much that his knees became callous and he had earned the nickname Camel knees. Right, William? Where's William at? Huh? William's on the prayer team. Huh? He's been praying. He needs to pray. He's going to the Philippines. <laughs> but he's been praying. And how many know that that's what it's going to take? It's going to take us getting on our knees, getting on, you know, uh, on bended knee once again and getting before God and asking God to fill us so that we can operate in the power of of Almighty God. See, someone once said that Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint on his knees. When he sees the weakest saint, you might be in a place where you feel weak, where you feel defeated, where you feel messed up, but let me tell you something, if you get on your knees and pray, the devil trembles. He says, oh my, she might be waking up. Oh my, he might be connecting with God. Oh my, I better watch out because he might wake up and take a city. Or do something for God. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that when we are weak, that he is strong. And all it takes is for us to get a hold of God, to repent, to begin to pray once again, to get on our knees, and the power of God will begin to flow within our life. But we got to begin to get on our knees like never before. Let me tell you something. When, the, when we start getting here early, 
See, God, God's been dealing with me, and I got to start getting here early. Amen. I want to be here. I want to be a part of the prayer team. I want to begin to pray like never before because that's what it's going to take. Pastor was talking last week uh, in, in, in Rancho about, you know, being impregnated. But it's only going to happen through the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And she brought in, she brought God in the flesh into the world. What are you going to bring? I mean, Mary, I'm sorry. Elizabeth is the mother. Huh? Thank you, Lord. Amen. But you know what? It's going to take a heavenly vision. It's going to take a, a infilling from the Holy Spirit that God is going to allow you to do something new and to go to the next level to see what your destiny is, to see what your calling is, to see how to get through the problems in your life, to see how to make a difference within your life and your community and family. It's going to take us getting on our knees, getting a hold of God. See, prayer is not only the measure of a person, it is also the making of a person. Amen? Not only do we, can we measure somebody, those that are prayer warriors, but you know, prayer will make you, prayer will mold you. Prayer will do something in your life like never before as we get on our knees and pray and we begin to, to you know what, to hear from God and we begin to ask for God to, you know, to speak to us, to give us direction to, you know, to, to do something new within our life, it's only going to come from God. You can do all the things that you try. You can try to do it on, all, on your own strength. But you're going to be just like, in, you know, in trying to cut wood with, by yourself with your own strength like this. But I know when we get a hold of God, things begin to happen. God begins to open up doors. God begins to break down barriers. God begins to break chains. And God begins to do something new. Therefore, we need to understand that prayer is one of the greatest needs individually and corporately as a church. Amen. Not only do we got to come together to pray, but we got to pray at home. We got to pray on the way to work. We got to pray while we're doing our job. We got to pray wherever we're at. We got to pray without ceasing. Matter of fact, last night, you know, God put it on our heart, our life group, to, to call all the married couples. Many of you got a call. If you didn't have, get a call, we probably didn't have your number. Or we know that you had life group last night. But we call, We tried to call all the married couples because we're praying for you. We're believing God for healing in your marriage. We're believing God that you're gonna be, marriage is going to be strength and solid and, you know what, unshakable. And that God is going to be do something within your family. And we were praying, we were praying for people. We, I, we prayed for pastors the pastors and because you know what well, you know it's time for prayer it's time to get a hold of God because God is going to God's getting ready to fill up those those pews up there God's getting ready to fill up those pews but it's going to take men and women who are ready to, to get equipped and to do what God has called them to do we need more ushers we mean we need more and not only this ushers and greeters but we need faithful ushers and faithful greeters Ones that are going to be there on time. Ones that are going to be there ready at their post. Ones that are going to be there ready to do whatever their pastor needs them to do to make a difference here in this church, to greet people, to smile at people, to love on people, and to be here for the altar call. We need you. God needs you. 
And some people think that, you know what, that, that that's, not a, that's not an important ministry. They don't think it's important. They don't think it's, you know, that, 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 that it's noticeable. Oh, come on, somebody. Who's going to see me? God's going to see you. Amen? Come on, I, I don't know about you. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Amen? Than sit with the wicked. See, God wants to raise up people. You know what? I, I remember me and my wife, we started in, in children's church, changing diapers. We're back to diapers again. Where's Daniel at? I used to change Daniel's diaper. He was a little, he was just a little guy. Daniel, Emmanuel, and then there was a bunch of other ones. But praise God, man, he's here. God's doing something in his life. It's great to see him here. See, now, we notice in the scripture, it says that the prayer of a righteous man or a woman. It doesn't say a perfect. It doesn't say a perfect man, because then we know none of us are perfect. But it says the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, what is righteous? Righteous means to be moral. One who lives according to the ethical and moral principles found in the word of God. And to, be, and to be, number two, is to also to be declared free of the penalty of one's sins because of faith in Christ's death and resurrection. It means to be saved and born again. Trusting in God's word, walking according to his statutes, having a conviction in your life to know the difference between right and wrong and making the right decisions. Amen? Righteousness is one of the attributes of God which speaks of his justice, for man, and to do what is right, just, and good here within our life. How I many know no one can obtain righteousness through his own efforts, but must instead depend upon Christ to be counted as righteousness or righteous before God? How I many know we got to live for him? We got to obey him in a better manner in 2018. We got to trust him in a greater manner within our walk and within our life. And we got to get a hold of God like never before. Genesis 15, 16 says that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Amen. He believed he had faith in God. Sometimes we lose our faith. Sometimes, you know what, we get defeated and we lose our direct sense of direction. Amen. But how many know we got to get back to the knee? We got to get back and we got to get a hold of God. And God will straighten everything out, man. God will begin to align everything up. And we've got to have faith and, and do what God is asking you to do. Rise up and step out and see what God has for you. See, the enemy, he, you know, he wants, to, he wants to, you know, get in our marriage and he wants to divide and conquer. He wants to get in to your mind. Like Pastor was saying, he wants to get in your mind and he wants you to worry about your bills. He wants you to worry about your car and your house and your children and all these other things. But God wants us to worry about him. God wants us to trust in him. God wants us to have faith in him, and he'll do the rest. Abraham believed God. Tell your neighbor, believe God. Don't believe the, eyes of the, the lies of the enemy. Tell him no more this year. 
This is a service. We're going to tell God, you know, uh, I mean, tell the enemy no more. You, you know what? You, you know what? You ain't going to take my, my mentality. You ain't going to get inside my, you know, my emotions and my mind. And you ain't going to deceive me any longer. I, I ain't taking it because I'm stepping out and I'm trusting God. I'm believing in God and I'm believing God for miracles. We gotta, we're going to start seeing miracles again. God's people are going to start dreaming dreams. People, God's people are going to start thinking about cities once again. God's people are going to start rising up and getting involved in ministry and start birthing new ministry because God is going to place it within their heart. Can somebody say amen? You can't do it on your own. Romans 1.17 says, The righteous shall live by faith. Amen. It's going to take faith in God. And the only way to get that faith is to get intimate with God, to walk upright, to walk in a manner worthy that God has called you, or worthy of your calling that you have received from God. How many know we've all received something from God, a calling from God? God has called every one of us. God has something for every one of us. Are you doing what God called you to do, or are you concentrating on what the enemy is trying to do to you? Sometimes we're just concentrating on what the enemy did. Oh, the enemy's doing this, and the enemy's doing that. And But you know what? Today, no more. Today, God is doing a new thing. God is going to do so. God is going to fill me. God is going to strengthen me. And God is going to give me the power to walk in his might. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says, The righteous man leads a blameless life, and blessed are his children after him. Amen. Let me tell you something. When we walk blameless, when we walk up right before the Lord, you know what? God is going to pour out the inheritance upon our children, upon our grandchildren, and they're going to walk in the power of God, and they're going to walk in the anointing, and they're going to come after you, and they're going to do greater exploits than you and me. Praise the Lord. I thank God for that. Job 36, 7 says that he does not take his eyes off the righteous. Oh, shut Huh? You want God? You want to be noticed? Live right. You want to be noticed? Walk right. You want to do something? You want God to, uh, to have his eye on you? Then begin to get in prayer. Begin to live God's way. Begin to go the extra mile. Begin to do something for God. And the eyes of the Lord will be upon you. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord look to and fro for a man that will stand in the gap. Do we got any men like that? Do we got any men in the heart that are going to stand in the gap on behalf of the people, on behalf of the church, on behalf of this community, on behalf of the neighborhood, on behalf of the gangsters, on behalf of the drug addict, on behalf of the married couples, on behalf of the hurting? Do we have any men like that that are going to stand in the gap? Come on, somebody. God wants to raise up new New men and new women, amen, that are going to, you know what, that are going to step out and say, you know what, I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to do something for God. I ain't looking back anymore. See, many people use prayer as a last resort. And that's okay sometimes because sometimes that's all you got. Sometimes, you know what, man, uh, that, that, the last, we got, but how many know we got to get proactive? We got to start, you know what, we're, we're on the offense. Devil, we're coming after you. Huh? 
We're not waiting for you to come after us, but we're coming after you. We're getting a hold of God. And, and, and the devil's going to say, well, I, know who he, I don't know who he is, but I know who you are. You are that guy that prays in the morning. You're that guy that gets a hold of God. You're that guy, you're that lady that opens, uh, uh, that's on the third floor from 10 to 3 on Friday nights. God is raising up a, a new standard, amen. You know, sometimes that's a backward approach, though, and we need to be on the offense. Tell your neighbor, get on the offense. We need to have faith in God's word and pray first, pray daily, and pray without ceasing. How many know that prayer is more important than television? Huh? It's more important than your novella. It's more important than the Kardashians. Amen. The news. Let me tell you something. Can I tell the truth? <laughs> you know what? If, if, if we prayed half as much as we're on Facebook, oh, my God. My God. Huh? If, if we prayed half as much as we're on our phones, huh? just think of we're reading our Bible all the time. Instead of being on Facebook and being on Instagram and watching movies and doing all these different things, and we were, we were reading the Word of God and praying, you know, you know what would happen? Huh? There would be a power within people will, will walk by the church and they'll get healed. Come on, somebody. Huh? Are you, you, guys, you, guys, no, you guys ain't ready for that. You guys ain't ready for that. But we got to start believing crazy. Huh? We got to start having big faith. We got to start believing God for the impossible. We got to start believing God for healings like never before. Now, what and when should we pray for? Number one, we're going to look at our Bibles once again in verse 13. It gives us a little synopsis of what we should pray for. And James says here, is any of you in trouble, he should pray. Huh? And I know the kind of people that we, you know, come into Victory Outreach. <laughs> Sometimes they're going through trouble. Amen. If anybody's in trouble, the Bible says we should pray. Amen. Are you having problems in your marriage? Are you having financial difficulties? Are you know what, are you, are you having migraines? Are you having, you know, what trouble sleeping at night? Are you having, you know, uh, uh, problems with your children? Are you having problems, you know, in different areas of your life? The Bible says for us to pray. James said pray because James knows. James was with, his, with Jesus all the time. Don't wait for me. Mary probably made him take Jesus. You got to take your little brother. I don't know if he was older or younger. Amen. Younger? on somebody and he told him take your little brother with you huh how many of you remember that right you had to take your little brother your little sister huh you wanted to go to a party or you wanted to go somewhere the mall right take your sister and so James was with Jesus all the time and I believe James learned how to pray because he was with prayer himself amen 
And so, you know, if you're going through hard times right now, if you're going through difficulty right now, if you're going through any trouble right now, now is the time to pray. Maybe sin's gripping at your door. Maybe the enemy is coming in like a flood. Maybe the enemy is trying to deceive you and discourage you. And to do. It's time to pray. Why? Because God answers prayer. God is a God who answers prayer. He answers prayer. We don't serve a powerless God. Our God's not death. Matter of fact, I don't have to. I don't even have to scream. Just with the with the, with the whispers from our heart, and God will hear us. going through tonight, but God is calling you to pray, to get on your knees, and begin to call out in the name of Jesus. Number two thing that we need to pray for, and it says it there in verse 14, it says, if any of you, or no, it's in the same scripture, it says, is, is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Amen. Do we got any people that are excited and happy what God is doing in their life? Amen. Do we got any people that have the joy of the Lord today? The Bible tells us that we should let God know about it, that we should shout out to God and sing to God that we love him. We should be at work singing praises to the Lord. Amen. Not the worldly songs. Come on. You might be, you know, singing. Nah. I don't even know songs today. I couldn't even sing a song. I'd have to sing an oldie or something. I'm an OG, original gospel. Praise the Lord. But you know, you know, sometimes we go through things, and the enemy tries to defeat us. But let me tell you, so you got you got to learn how to how to encourage yourself. You got to learn how to you know what to know that you're right in the will of God. That you're right where God has you, has you right. You're going through something, but God is taking you something because you're going to come out different on the other side. You're going to come out stronger on the other side. You're going to come out better on the other side. You know, I, I one of my favorite scriptures in, uh, in the stories in the Bible is the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 26. In, in Acts chapter 26, Paul is in, has been in chains, and he has been, you know, going from this king to that king, and here he is before King Agrippa in the, in the council uh, of Rome. And some of the, you know, some of the hierarchies uh, there in chapter 26. And Paul, uh, the crowd is making all kinds of noise, you know, stone him. And all, you know, they, they want to kill him. Amen. Because he, he's spreading the gospel. And you know what? Paul motioned, the Bible says, that he motions the crowd to quiet down. He's been in chains. He's been traveling. He's been going through hardship. And you know what he says? He says, you know what? In the King James it says, I thank myself happy. In the NIV it says, I consider myself fortunate. Most of the other translations say, I consider myself fortunate. But in, in the King James, original King James, Paul says, I thank myself happy. Amen. When Paul was in prison with Silas, he thanked himself happy. The Bible says that they prayed and they sang hymns unto the Lord. And then the ground began to shake at the midnight hour. And God loosened them and he delivered them. Matter of fact, one of the jailers wanted to kill himself. He said, oh man, 
All the boys from Santa Rita are getting out. I'm in trouble. Huh? But Paul said, don't, no, don't nobody, nobody leave. We ain't going nowhere. We're still here. <coughs> and we ain't going nowhere. And what happened? The jailer got saved. He gave his life to the Lord. You see, God wants us. Sometimes we got to thank ourselves happy through hardship and through trouble. And we got to continue to praise God and thank God that, you know what, that we're still alive, that we still got an opportunity, that we can still be effective and do something in the house of God. You got to thank yourself happy. The third thing is the Bible says that, and we're going to move quick on these and and then because I want us to have an opportunity to pray. Amen. And the Bible also says there in verse 14 and 15 that it says that if, if, you, if anyone is sick to call on the elders to pray and anoint them with oil and the Lord will raise them up. Amen. He'll heal them. Amen. How many of you need a healing tonight? Huh? Praise the Lord. I know we have some, you know, we need, we need you to pray. We need your prayers because we have people that are sick in our, in our church. People that, you know, some of our pastors, man, they need your prayers. Amen. And, uh, and you know, there's, there's sick people, but you know what? People ain't going to get healed without a, with a prayerless church. We're not praying. God ain't going to move. How's God going to move? The prophet said that, you know what, that if, if my people will humble themselves and pray, that he'll heal our, not only our land, but that he'll heal, he'll heal it. He'll heal everything. God wants to heal our land. And that means that us also, we're included in it. In verse 16 it says, Therefore confess your sins. Well, it says uh, a little back, it says, if he, if he has sinned, he will forgive. He will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray. Somebody say pray for each other so that you may be healed. And that's where it says that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Amen. See, we need to understand that God uses ordinary men and women to do his will. Pastor Sonny was an ordinary man. He was a drug addict, a dope fiend, huh? in the streets of New York, just like some of you were here in the stacks. Hayward, and Oakland, and Jacoto, Fremont, in the Bay, East Palo Alto. You thought your life was going to amount to nothing. But God had another plan. I said God had another plan. You thought you were insignificant. But how many know that the God's eyes, that God was looking down upon you, and he said, just, oh, I just call out my name. I just need you to call upon me. And I'll be right there. I'll be there in a, in a nanosecond. Huh? By the time you finish calling upon me, I'll be there. You might think you're just an ordinary man, but God needs you. God needs to raise up missionaries. God needs to raise up more pastors. Do we got men in this church that, uh, you know what, that want to take a city anymore? Let me ask it again. I'll give you another chance. Do we got any men and women that are going to take a city anymore? 
Don't make me and Yolanda go out again. <laughs> Come on, man. God, God wants to raise up pastors. God wants to raise up leaders. God wants to raise up men and women that are going to impact our society from, from here to eternity, all around the globe. Right? Pastor said Sunday that we got to expand. Pastor Greg, to the right and to the left, right? Right? We're going we're gonna to inherit, you know, a territory. God has something for all of us. But you know what? We gotta, you know, we gotta start looking at ourselves and start looking to God. Elijah was a, an ordinary man, just like you and I, and God used him mightily because he walked in righteousness. He wasn't perfect. Now he ran scared for a while, huh? He ran from Jezebel's men, right? He ran. He was scared. He got afraid. Sometimes we get afraid and scared. But how many know God delivered him? God used him. God anointed him. Matter of fact, he prayed one time, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Huh? Three and a half years. And you know when he called upon called upon the Lord and when he was uh, uh, there at the altar, you know, with Baal, and, and they put their offering on the you know, on the altar, and he called upon the Lord, and God came down and consumed it right before everybody. But he was just a regular man. But you got to call God that you know what to come and to consume you, consume your heart, consume your mind, to consume your spirit, consume your life, so that you can be more powerful and effective. And we can have the worship team go ahead and come already up here, but they can go ahead and take their positions. Because I believe that God wants to raise up more prayer warriors, men, women, and that people are going to begin to walk like never before. It, uh, the enemy's been getting his hand too much. He's, he's done enough already. And it's time for us to step up and to sock him. Huh? time for us to get a hold of God and start possessing the power that God called us to possess, to become a power tool in the hand of God so we can reach this city, so we can reach the lost, so we can reach the hurting. God has something for you. We've got to quit playing games. And we got to quit, you know, tiptoeing through the tulips. And we've got to lay down our lives like never before, and say, God, here I am. Go ahead and stand with us tonight, praise the Lord. Is there anybody in trouble here tonight? Is there anybody going through hardship? Maybe you're in trouble with the law. Maybe you're in trouble with your mother-in-law. Come on, somebody. Or your in-laws. Maybe you've been an outlaw. But God can work it out. Maybe you're having financial difficulties. Maybe your marriage is struggling. Maybe your children 
are being knuckleheads. And they're bucking. Maybe your body's hurting. I don't know what it is. But I know that God is a God who answers prayer. Some of you have dreams to do something big for God. But the enemy keeps coming. And he keeps building a wall. What? A wall? The devil trying to build walls in your life. But Jesus is going to knock them down. He's going to break every chain. And he's going to release you as you begin to pray earnestly before the Lord. And uh, I know we got a few minutes, and so I wanted to give a few, a little bit of time so that, you know what, so that we can come and, and not just pray, but that we can get on our knees. That we could come and bow before the king. And that we can just get a hold of God right here at the altar. If you need to come and get a hold of God and you said, you know what, God, man, I want to be more powerful. I want to be more effective. I want to see God move within my life. I want to see God move within my ministry. I want to see God do a new thing. Then you know what? The altars are open. Come and begin to pray right now. Hallelujah. You need a healing tonight. Come and pray. Hallelujah. Have your way, Lord. Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for?